Joining us now is cooking show host, cookbook author, journalist, and food personality, Artie Sequera. Hello. Artie, hello. So great to have you back on the show. Thanks for, for joining me again. I'm so excited to be back and talk about food again with you. You know, there's never a bad time to talk about food. Is yeah. there anything more wonderful than just smelling food in the kitchen I mean, and knowing I... you're going to sit with friends and enjoy it? No. Literally, for me, no. <laughs> I suggest there is not yeah. anything better. Well, the last time we talked, I was so inspired by the way that you spoke of the things like beauty in the breaking of bread yeah. and how time in the kitchen was a time that was very special between you and God. How, how did you come up with that kind of a mindset? Yeah, you know, I think that we're all in the practice of taking a moment before we eat, right? To thank right. God for our food and our families and all that stuff. But it never occurred to me to do that once I walked into the kitchen. And I think so many of us, myself included, even as someone that would be dubbed a food professional, would walk into the kitchen about five o'clock after a full day mm. of doing all the things and being all the people to all the people in our lives and going, and I gotta make food? You know what I mean? For me, it felt like a burden. Um, and it felt like the one thing that was keeping me from a piece of chocolate and going to bed. You know what I mean? And so um, what I realized is I would try all kinds of different things. I was meal planning and meal prepping and short recipes. But the thing that needed to change was my heart. And so a long time ago, I realized that if I would just pray before I started to cook, mm -hmm. it would mark that moment of transition and it would open something up in my heart where I would go, gosh, this is, wow, this is such a privilege that I get to cook right now. This is have you ever looked at the beauty of an onion? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it brings and, tears to my eyes. It's so beautiful. It does. It does. And so that sort of started to open something up where my prayers would start with, Lord, just could this just be good? Could you just make this taste good? And then it turned into, oh, Lord, I'm just really anxious about this thing that's going on in my life. And I would just mm. love to have this time with you where you can just walk with me through it. And it really changed the way that I thought about cooking because it wasn't about necessarily the dish, the end result. It was about that process of God actually kind of ministering to me um, in things that I didn't necessarily even know I needed help with. Mm. In the kitchen while you're preparing a meal for other people, which is gonna minister to them because I know right. everything that you make is so, is so delicious, <laughs> which is why I'm very excited about your brand new devotional cookbook yes. called Unwind. Thank you. Um, a devotional cookbook. I don't yeah. think I've ever heard of a devotional cookbook. What made you write something like this? Well, actually, it's a funny story. It was frustration about another opportunity that I had my eyes on passing me by. And I was so frustrated about it. And I was like, doesn't God know that this is the next thing? And how, how could he take that away? And then I talked to, I was talking to my manager and I was like, I mean, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Like writing a devotional cookbook or something? And he got really quiet and he was like, well, that's a good idea. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That is, oh, it's a really good idea. <laughs> and then I just started writing it. I'd already sort of been putting stuff up on my social media every Monday, a little devotional, this things that, I was finding as I was reading the Bible and people were really responding so positively to it. And I thought, well, for me, cooking is a sacred experience. What if I brought those two together? Mm. And so it's probably one of the hardest cookbooks. I, I mean, I've only written two, but it's the hardest one thus far. I didn't just want to nail the recipes. I wanted to nail what I thought God was trying to say through the word about all the needs that we have as we walk into the kitchen. So all the devotionals are titled when you need hope, 
joy, comfort, mm. encouragement, all of those things. And then I would sit there and my husband helped me. Thank you, Brendan. Uh, and he would help me go through the word and sort of say, well, what does it mean that we need joy? And what does it mean when God provides joy? And what does it look like? And how is it different for us as believers? And then I would take an image or a thought from that devotional and come up with a recipe based on that. There's something sacred about food and about cooking. And when you look in the scriptures, if we think about it, and I know that this is what you bring out in your book, Unwind, is uh, the sacredness of food and and it actually interacts with our body. I mean, I'm yes. made up of the things that I eat. We yes. talked about this last time. It's it, There's an intimacy in eating food. Mm. You're actually taking this into your body. And then I think about the communion that we find in the scriptures with Christ where he says, this is my body, yeah. this is my blood. Take this, yeah. eat this, take yeah. this into you. And it becomes part of you. And there's a spiritual significance that is beyond my ability to even understand. Yeah. But you're bringing that into everyday waffles yeah. and scrambled <laughs> eggs <laughs> and to gnocchis and yeah. skirt steak or, or whatever. Well, I think because for so many of us, cooking dinner every night or breakfast or whatever feels so mundane. And we yes. feel like the joy has been sucked out of our lives because we're just doing the same thing every day. And the thing to me that is so encouraging and transformational is that God can meet you in that moment and make it sacred and mm. make it holy. And suddenly this thing that was mundane is meaningful, right? And so then how you show up in the kitchen is how you show up in the rest of your life. Because now when you're getting ready for a meeting, having a hard conversation with your child, maybe uh, going and doing a really hard project at work, you're in the practice now of saying, Lord, will you walk me through this? Will you walk yeah. with me through this? because you are in that practice of doing that before you cook. The Bible itself is so full of food imagery. Uh, Jesus was a man who came from Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. Bethlehem means the house of bread. Mm, uh, I, yeah. I think of the manger, that right. means food, yeah, yeah, right? Or eat. Yeah, yeah that's what, true. What, what, are, what are some of the images in the Bible about food that inspire you, that, that, that maybe you've incorporated into the book? Um, I think one of my favorites is that when Jesus was resurrected mm. and he came to find his disciples, they went out to fish and Jesus cooked for them. Mm. That's one of my favorite parts of the Bible because Jesus in his humanity, right, took the fish, scaled it, gutted it, probably sprinkled it with lemon and salt, made a fire, cooked it over an mm, open flame. Sorry, he did all me these up. things, right? But it, it wasn't just about feeding them. It was about helping them and ministering them and comforting them. It wasn't just about the food. It was about everything that he was nourishing them with that was beyond just the fish. And so I'm like, well, if Jesus can do that and Jesus cooked, then there's got to be something holy about when we cook mm. or we eat someone else's food that they've made for us. I love how you also talk about Jesus being the ultimate binder of the key ingredients of faith, family, and time. Yeah. What does that mean? I think for me, it's that um, it can feel like there's a lot coming at us. So the, the subtitle of the book is a devotional cookbook for the harried and hungry. And for me, harried is that idea of things coming at you like little hens pecking at you constantly. And even if they're great things, food, family, faith, it's coming at you and you can feel like I don't have enough to give. 
You need more energy. It's going to come from Jesus. You need more presence with your family. You're going to get it from Jesus. You need more patience with your children. Guess where it's coming from? That's so right. So for me, that he is the source of all the things that we need to do the things that he's put in front of us. And there's different times of the day when we're going to sit down to cook. So how do you use those times to, um, to commune with God? You know, it's interesting you say that because I grew up in a Muslim country, right? And in, in Dubai, they pray five times a day, I think it is. I love that because it gives you the sense that we need to be in constant communication with mm. God because of our desperate need for Him. Um, and so the morning for me is a very hopeful time, like, oh Lord, could you just line everything up perfectly? And by dinner time, it's like, you may have done your part, but I fell short if I done my part, you know? Yeah. And it's a time for restoration. And so, um, you know, I think we can even look at the things that we eat, that in the morning we eat for energy and fuel and like keeping us going through the day. Lunch is maybe something lighter so we don't get weighed down. And then dinner is usually something kind of comforting. And I think we could mark our prayers in the same way. Can you share some stories uh, of how maybe meals prepared by other people have impacted you? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, when I had my youngest child, actually with both of, the, both of the children, you know, we were living in LA. We had a little small amount of family, but we had so many people that showed up with meal train meals, right? Like they would show up with a casserole or pork and caponata, or, you know, all these different things. And um, it was such an expression of support. You know, when you first have a baby, you feel like, you're on your own and you have this mm. whole person that you're responsible for. So to have these people show up, even if they just left the food on the, on the doorstep, it was this sense of like, we're not doing this on our own. There's a whole, whole um, network of people yeah. that are on our side. And that was really comforting to us. What do you suggest is the best way to prepare our hearts and our homes to enjoy a meal? So I like to do things like, actually it just happened the other night because I've been on the road for six weeks and I came home and my kids were like, could you cook us something? Uh, which does not say anything about my husband's cooking, okay? But <laughs> so I made dinner <laughs> and then they went into my closet and they pulled out their favorite dress of mine and they got dressed in their Sunday best. They made me dress up in a nice dress. We lit a candle. You just try to make it feel special, whatever special might be in your house. Maybe you cook in silence. And so then when the meal comes, you put music on. Set an atmosphere. So it feels like we're doing something very intentional. We're not just stuffing our faces. We're taking a moment. We're going to hold hands. We're going to connect. And then we're going to eat. We are ready to cook with Artie Sequera. Are you ready? I am so ready. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is like my favorite place in the entire house. Okay. Anybody's house yeah. is the kitchen. I'm going to make, or you're going to make, Bombay gnocchi. Bombay gnocchi. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I looked up where this recipe is in your devotional cookbook yeah. on wine, and you've got it organized in sections like when I need a little pick-me-up, when yeah. I need uh, a little joy, mm -hmm. and that's where this is. Why is Bombay gnocchi <laughs> listed under joy? Joy. Okay. Well, this is one part of joy. This is ghee. Ghee. Ghee is clarified butter. You're going to put it right in there and let it melt. All of okay? it? Yep. All of it. All right. So that's clarified butter, which means that some of the milk solids have been taken out. To me, this is just sunshine, nuttiness, caramelized mm. butter. So we're going to let it melt. And then you're going to add whole cumin seeds in there. Okay. So you can sprinkle it right in. And this is a very Indian technique to take whole spices mm. and flavor the oil with them. So you can give them a little stir. 
I've got it on like medium, medium high heat. Mm -hmm. And you can see they're sort of sizzling and yeah, dancing around. Sizzling. And what you're going to look for is the color to deepen just a little bit. But mostly, you're just going to use your nose and give it a sniff. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I, I am more joyful now than I was yeah. 60 seconds ago. Well, the joy really for me is the Parmesan cheese that's going to come in at the end. The great thing about Indian cooking is it takes very simple vegetables and turns them into something really special. And this is how we do potatoes at home. So instead of potatoes, we're going to do gnocchi. So these are cooked already. You're going to carefully put those in there so that they don't splash up on you. So they're cooked and they're tender, but I like gnocchi when they're a little bit crispy on the outside. So we're going to brown them. So if we were in Italy, we might say al dente. Yes, they are al dente, and then we want them crispy on the outside. I'm going to hit them with some salt, okay? Okay, now what does the salt do? Is, this, is that... Uh... So the salt is going to bring out all the flavors. A lot of times when people cook, they're like, oh, I should have added more spices. Um, and often it's just that they needed a little bit of salt. We're a little too scared of salt these days, and yet we'll happily... Salt is so important for I know, you. and we'll happily eat a bag of chips without thinking about That's right. how much salt is in there. That's right. But adding an extra pinch here feels like, oh, so scary. So don't be scared of salt. We're going to let that brown just a little bit. I was reading also in your book, you talk about the need to protect our joy. Yes. Yeah. How, yeah. how, do, how do we do that? Well, I think... Just the thing, don't, don't overcook them? Don't overcook it. And I think for us, our joy is rooted in our hope, right? And our hope is certain. So I was thinking about when, you know, a year ago, we went on this road trip and there's this place between North and South Carolina. It's kind of this crazy theme park gift shop called South of the Border. And when you're 30 miles away, there's a billboard that says South of the Border, 30 miles. And my kids would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Then it'd be 25 miles to go. Their joy would increase as we got closer and closer and closer mm, to mm. south of the border. And so for me, my joy comes from knowing with every day I'm getting closer to the hope that is in Jesus, which is that ginormous, delicious feast that he has ready for all of us. And so that to me is joy. Yeah. And this is joy Look at as how well. it's sizzling. Look at this. Yeah. And it's getting crispy. Uh, the, the, the colors, and I can smell it. Yeah. Mm. So, by the way, you can use this technique with vegetables at home. So, start a little bit of ghee or butter. Put some whole spices in there, like cumin seeds. Um, you could even do coriander seeds. Bash them a little bit so they're easier to bite into. Let them sizzle and then add your vegetables, maybe a little water to cook them through. And there you go. You've got a very mm. easy, delicious side dish. Mm. So, while they're getting brown, we're going to do the next thing, okay? So, push your gnocchi to the side. There you go. And then these are serrano peppers. You're just going to add Ooh. in there. Oh. And I've taken the seeds out of them. So you're just getting some of that bitterness, but not a ton the of heat. The crazy heat. Yeah. I've I'm learned that. Uh, this is heat, more joy. The heat is in, in the, um, the seeds and in those membranes. Yes. That's oh. where it all is. So I added a little more fat just to help soften that serrano. More ghee. More ghee, more joy. This is turmeric. So that's going to be this really warm, slightly mustardy flavor. Mm. And oh. with, yeah, with all spices, that's what you want to do is get them in heat and fat. And then you're going to get the flavor out of it. And you're also going to get all those antioxidants out of them too. Mm. Okay. So now stir the whole thing together. You're doing very good, chef. Thank you. <laughs> I, my joy is increasing. We're, we're getting to the to closer to the finish line yeah. where we get to eat this. Yes, exactly. And then, let's see. It's got this great Indian color to it as well yeah. because of the turmeric. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. So we're going to finish it. You can see now they're starting to go a little golden brown. A little, a little yeah. that's right. So there's a couple things you can do at this point. I see that you have a little reserved pasta water. We're going to hold on to that just in case. So that has all the starch from the gnocchi. So sometimes when you're making a pasta sauce, you'll add a little bit of that pasta water to make a nice thick sauce. Mm. So we can decide once we add the lemon juice, do we want it more saucy or do we like it a little drier? Okay. Got it. So you're going to squeeze that lemon. Yeah, buddy. And I'm going to turn the heat off because cooked lemon juice can get a little bitter. So that's why you always add lemon at the end. And then there's some cilantro here. You're going to hit it with that. There you go. Go ahead. Okay. Yep. So that's like confetti. And then here's the joy is Parmesan cheese as much as you like. <laughs> yeah. I like the play of all those spices with the saltiness mm. of that cheese and the freshness of the lemon. Look how good that looks. Amazing. Yeah. And the cheese is starting to it's, melt. It's melt, and so it's getting all like... So we can serve it up. I don't... Now, do you want it to be saucier? Do you want a little no. splash? Or are you good? I'm good because I think I like it just like that. <laughs> okay, good. So... You can have a plate or you can eat right out of a skillet, which is what I do. <laughs> wow. All right. Just be careful. It's so hot. Down the hatch. Ready? Uh-huh. Mm. Oh! Mm. That came out better than I remember. Joy. You made that. Wow. Oh, and there's the heat? Mm-hmm. And there's the turmeric. Mm -hmm. This it's is so like good. Warm, nutty, a little spicy, and then covered in that beautiful Parmesan mm. cheese and it's, saltiness. And 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 the lemon juice mm -hmm. just brightens it up, so it's not too heavy from the potato and the yeah. pasta. It's good, huh? I'm telling you, God knew what He was doing when He created food, <laughs> and He created spices. Yes. And uh, thank you for turning something as mundane uh, or as um, routine as cooking yeah. into something that can really be a, an opportunity to give thanks to God, praise to God, mm -hmm. and then bring people together and make our families more, more it's, wholesome and healthy. It's really a magical thing that he's offered us every single day. Wow. I love this. Artie, what's the best compliment you could give to a cook in their kitchen? Oh. Um, is it, this tastes great, or is there, is there something else? For me, it's, wow, this is really well-balanced. Mm. Yeah, so, because that means you've taken all these different instruments, all these different paints in your paint box, and you've figured out a way to make them into something bigger than they were on their own. So to me, balance. Yeah, yeah. and, and um, what, what you're reminding me of just, just in this moment is that's really what, what God has done in the very beginning when he creates. He takes light, he takes darkness, he takes air and water, mm -hmm. and he creates a sunrise. Mm -hmm out of all of these different things. And he's given us an opportunity to also rearrange elements yeah. to become a new creation, yeah. like Bombay Joy. Artie, give us a sneak peek into the devotional in your book that goes with this dish of joy. Yeah, so I think I was always so puzzled by that idea of the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm. I was like, that sounds nice, but what in the world does that mean? Yeah. And I'd read about this picture someone had given of a buoy in the ocean. And that the joy of the Lord means that the buoy gets hit by waves, right? Mm. Boom, 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 all day long. But the buoy always pops back up. 
Right. And that is the strength, right? Our joy comes from knowing that no matter what wave is coming for us, it can never hold us down because the Lord is always our strength and he's always going to pop us back up. Mm. And so that has really helped me because I think from the very beginning, even when the Lord called me and I got baptized, the thing that he gave me as a gift was my joy. And it spreads <laughs> no matter where I go. And I'm so grateful for having this second career of being able to cook and share the joy of cooking with people. Um, and, you know, there were periods of my life where the joy was gone. I had postpartum depression after both my kids mm. and the joy was gone. And I was like, this is horrible. And yet, what a testament to God that like the joy is back and it's better than ever. And I can use even those moments of being pushed down by yeah. the waves, right? as a way to redeem that time and tell other women, hey, this is not forever. You can come back from it too, you know? Artie, what, what about people who might love to cook, but because of health reasons or yeah. religious reasons or yeah. something, they have a restricted diet yeah. and they can say, well, I can't eat the gnocchi. Mm -hmm. Can they still find joy in cooking for other people, things that they're not able to eat themselves? I think so. I mean, there have been so many times where I've been fasting, let's say. Mm -hmm. And then it is hard, I will tell you, to cook for your kids when you're the one fasting. But I get so much joy out of cooking for people. Mm. And in fact, when I was interning at a restaurant, one of the hardest things for me was I would make this incredible tomato salad and I would send it out. <laughs> and then I had no idea. I didn't see the look on their faces. They ate it. For me, I get joy when you took a bite and your whole face lit up. That's it. I'm done for that's the it. day. Yeah, that's the highlight of my entire day. So we can get joy out of just the joy that we're bringing people, right? We don't have to get the joy out of the food. We can get the joy out of what we do for other people. You know, I think that's another way that, that maybe we can compliment the cook is just by eating what they've made and letting it bring joy to us well, and you, letting them see that. A hundred percent. And when we think about things that maybe our grandmothers or our mothers or the, those special people in our lives, the things that they made for us that we crave mm. tend to be the simplest things where it wasn't really about the ingredients or the complexity of the dish. It was about the heart of the person that made it for you. Letting the, the, the cook of the house know that you just feel at home yeah. in their house, in their kitchen. Yeah. Everything about it. The, the smells, the food, uh, the fellowship, yes. and uh, all the time that you took to put something like this together. Thank you for taking time. Thank you. To show me how to make this so yes. that I can bring joy home to my family. Are you going to clean this up? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> How do we find joy in doing the dishes? You know, Jesus is in the cleaning too. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.